This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. So we have a little, uh, we have some time to talk about some Minyanei Halacha now. So if you, uh, if you take a look in Shulchan Aruch, when the Mechabit starts Elchaz Pesach, he begins with Tainus um, Bechayrim, which is a, a fascinating topic. You could spend a lot of time talking on it. I'm not going to get into it too much tonight. Just a couple interesting observations that the fast itself is very unique. In many ways, the fast is unique. The fact that um, maybe women, the mother might have to fast is unique. The fact that there's a funny Allah, if the father's a Bukhar and he has a son who's a Bukhar, then the mother has to fast, which is a very strange concept. But the whole tainus is strange. Because the opening halach in Shulchan Aruch says that you're not supposed to have fast days during the month of Nisan. So if you're not supposed to have fast days during the month of Nisan, so how is Erev Pesach the exception to the rule? That's question number one. Question number two, which is perhaps more fundamental, is that this fast day is against all of the other stories in Jewish history. And all throughout Jewish history, the theme is, and that's this to any non-Jew, what is the theme? They tried to kill us. We won, let's party. That's usually how it works, right? They tried to kill us, Hanukkah, they tried to make us not religious, so we celebrate, we have a Yom Tov. Torah, they tried to kill us, we celebrate. So what happened over here? Tainus B'chayrim, where the, Jews, the Jewish people, B'chayrim would have been killed, we, were survived, we survived, so what do we do? We fast. Seems to be not the typical theme of throughout Jewish history. So there's a famous Mahalach from the Munkat Sherebbe. The Munkat Sherebbe has a Gavaltik Chiddush, which Rebbe Vaj Yosef takes a lot of issue with. He writes that there's a misreading over here. It's not supposed to be Habakhoir Misanim. It's not that the Bukhoirim fast in Ere Pesach. It's Habakhoir Misangim with a gimel. They rejoice, they celebrate, they have a good time, they commemorate the fact that they were saved in Ere Pesach. So that's the Munkachi Rebbe's Mahalach to answer all these kashas. The visa, everything is very Gishmak. It's not a fast day, it's Taka Yoyim Simcha, and it works out with Jewish history. The problem is, it's not the way it's recorded in the Masech Seifrim. And if you look at Masech Seifrim, the flow of it clearly is not the, it's not talking about days where you're supposed to rejoice. It's talking about days when you fast. And it throws in their Erev Pesach. So uh, it's a very, uh, very difficult pshat. The other pshat that Achreinim like to say, the Chassam Seifer says this, and the Chassam Zaman Orbach says this pshat, and it answers a lot of kashas. Another major kasha that we have on this tainus is there's Machoikiv Macham and Ramah, do oldest girls have to fast? Do, does a G'day law, B'chayrah, does she have to fast also? So the Mechaber mentions such a possibility that a firstborn girl should also have to fast. Why? So if you look in the Dark Yemayisha on the Torah, he quotes a Medrash. The Medrash says that firstborn girls also died. Not only did firstborn J- Mitzrayim die, but firstborn Mitzrayim girls also died. How do I know, says the Medrash? Because Basya Bas Paroi was supposed to have been killed during Makas Bechiris. She was saved, because that she saved Moshe Rabbein. So Tain is the Dark Yemayisha. So you see that the girls were also in the Sakana. So if the Jew, if the Mitzrayim were the Sakana, so you would assume the Jewish people were safe in that Sakana, so the Jewish girl should also have to fast. Comes along the Ramah, the Ramah says, no, not Ashkenazim. Ashkenazim hold, the girls don't fast. Why not? So if you take a look at the Mishtabur, Mishtabur quotes from the Goin. The Goin says, because girls don't have Kedushas Bechayra. Girls don't have any Kedushas Bechayra. There's no such halachic significance for a firstborn Jewish girl. So the kash is, we're not talking about Hilchus Bechor. We're not talking about Hilchus Kedusha. We're talking about Metzius. Were they or were they not saved? What happened? Well, what's, what's the lumbus over here? 
So one of the pshatim they say over in the chesam. Soifik pshat mizam Rabbach says this pshat also is that there's a whole different pshat in Tanis b'chayim. Not the way they told us, you know, uh, the simple pshat that the b'chayim would have been killed and they were saved. Pshat had a different pshat, which was already found in the chesam soifik. Pshat pointed out we know the b'chayim were supposed to be the ones who worked in the base hamikdash. They lost that. They lost that schos to the to the kaihan. Said Pshat what was the one day a year where they felt it the most that they lost their job? Said Er Pesach. He looked at the Gemara and the Gemara describes how busy the base of Mikdash was, Erev Pesach. The dam was up to their knees, right? It was a very busy day. It was the one day a year where they said to themselves, I feel like I missed out on being working in the base of Mikdash. Says the Mazam, but that's the reason for a fast day. They talk their fasting over the fact that they lost the ability to work in the base of Mikdash. Therefore, says the Mazam, if that's the case, you understand why the girls don't have to fast. They would have never got to work in the base of Mikdash. Even maybe today you have the women's lib movements, they try to get the women into the base of Megdash. But authentic halacha would never let the women into the base of Megdash to work as a kite. So therefore, says Rishon Mizam, that's why the girls never had to work in the, never would have worked in the base of Megdash, since they would never would have worked in the base of Megdash, they don't have to fast. So when Rishon Mizam gave this share, Rabbi Vidan Evansal, his Talmud slash Chavrusa, asked him a very simple kasha. If that's the reason for the fast day, so for Rabbi Vidan Evansal, so why do Kahanam and Levim have to fast? If the whole reason why Bukhar fasts is because he's expressing loss that he, that, he, that he was taken away from him, the ability to work in the base of Migdash. But if you're a Bukhar Kayin, you're a Bukhar Levi, you never lo- a Bukhar Kayin, I'm sorry, not a Levi, you never lost that ability. You still retain it. So Shami Zahmet said, good kasha. He thought it was a good kasha. It is a good kasha. Why taka? Well, what? Yeah, something along those lines you're going to have to suggest. But it's a whole new take on the Tainus Bukharim, and it answers a lot of kashas. Halach Lema'isa Gradis Radish girls based on the tshuva from Rebbe Vajra, what they talk to do is, some of the Svaradish girls go to the Siyam, and some Svaradish girls, the father brings them back food from the Siyam. This way they consider the Mishtat of the Siyam, and that's how they uh, acknowledge the fact that maybe they should fast in Erev Pesach. If everyone remembers, two years ago, we had a lot of Shailas about Siyumam on Erev Pesach, because we couldn't get together. We had to, Shaila, can you do a Zoom, a Zoom uh, Siyam? So already years before, Chabad already passed in the Shaila. At Chabad and Nochem Siegel, they already passed in the Shaila. They had uh, Nochem Siegel every year of Pesach. He used, to have, he used to have it during the nine days. He used to have Siyumim. And Erev Pesach, he used to have Siyumim of the radio. So he obviously held it was Mutter. Chabad did it for some time as well. But it was a Shaila amongst the uh, contemporary Rabbonim. Can you or can't you? The other Shaila we had to, the Rabbonim had to deal with was, again, what can you really, really need to learn to make a Siyum? Can you get away with learning uh, something smaller as opposed to a larger chapter, a large Mesech and Shas? Let's say you learn a Sefer Chumashwal, or Maisha writes like that in a Chuva. person learns Sefer Chumashwal, or Sefer Noviwal, learns Megillah Sestaway, learns Megillah Ruswal. So Maisha writes in the Chuva, you can make a Siyam on that. But uh, the other side was, can you make a Siyam on one Mesech to Mishnai? So all these creative shadows came up over uh, the last two years. So I'm glad someone called me this week. Talmud of mine, he's, gonna, he's a Bukhar. He's not really a Bukhar. His son's a Bukhar, so he has to fast for his son. He's going to be nowhere where there's going to be a Siyam. So the Shailah, should he do a Zoom in Siyam? So I said, by any chance that you maybe learned something over the last few months that you finished? He told me, yeah, I finished Seder Zerayim. I said, Seder Zerayim, Gavaldik. If a guy finishes Seder Zerayim, Avadi makes a seam on that. That's uh, something to celebrate. The Achorinim talk about, let's say a guy finishes a chunk of Shulchan Aruch. A guy finishes a bunch of Simonim and Shulchan Aruch. He spent weeks on it. He can make a seam on that also. The point of a seam, Rav Moshe explains, based on the Sugi and Tubov, is about spending time on something and coming out with a conclusion. I worked on a Sugi and I finished it. So a person spends time on something, he maybe can make a seam. But today, Baruch Hashem, we can be in person, so we make this human in person. It's less complicated. If Yaakov makes an interesting comment, which I think people forget. Let's say, for example, you're going to dive in late tomorrow. You're going to go to a 9 o'clock minion tomorrow. Lucky you, okay? You're going to dive in 9 o'clock tomorrow. And you're a Bukhar. So you say to yourself, no problem. I'm going to dive at 9 o'clock. I'm going to go to the seam after davening. I'll get up at 7. I'll have a cup of coffee. I'll have some uh, water, some orange juice. And then I'll dive at 9 o'clock and I hear a seam. Right, Sibiakov? That's incorrect. 
Yaakov says, since you have a chi of tainus, the tainus starts at Aloysia Shacha. You have a tour because you're going to a seam. Not until you go to the seam. So Yaakov writes, until you go to that seam, you're still in a tainus. So you have to be careful. However, I saw, I think when Moshe Shtemich makes this argument, he says, but if you're the Baal Messiah, maybe it's different. But if you're the one who's making the scene, then it's a whole day's already a yomtif, even before you make the scene. I think that's what he wanted to say. But if you look at the Yaakov, and the Emes Yaakov, they quoted Yaakov this way. The Yaakov held that uh, you shouldn't... Um, that you shouldn't eat until you actually hear the seam. You know, the best would be if you have a bris tomorrow, like a pidgin aben, that would be even better. Can't always schedule those like that. But uh, the accepted practice today in Klyasrol is that we make a seam. I remember years ago, Talmud called me up, he told me he overslept through every minion in the neighborhood. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon and he didn't hear a seam. What are you supposed to do now? It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and he didn't hear a seam. Got to fast. I didn't know the guy Nebuchadnezzar is a very bad faster. He gets terrible migraines. He ends up in the hospital. I would have told him, never, ever, ever, forget it. You're having a hard time fasting. Avadi, you shouldn't fast on a fast like this. But strictly speaking, if you look, there's a famous letter that the Nitziv writes to his son. The Nitziv had a famous son known as Reb Chaim Berlin. Everyone knows the yeshiva, Reb Chaim Berlin. I'm not sure what the shaykh between the yeshiva and Reb Chaim Berlin was, because he never came to America. Reb Chaim Berlin lived in Russia, and then he moved to Eretz Yisrael, and he died in Eretz Yisrael. I'm not really sure where he came to America. But in any case, so the Nitziv writes a letter to his son, Reb Chaim, and he's, he's yelling at him. He says, I don't understand you. You take this murr, this bitter stuff from murr, and you fasted the whole day. So you see, back in the 20th century, they used to fast on Erev Pesach. I'm sure Reb Chaim Berlin could have found something to make a siyam on. It was a big, it was a big chash of a rough. He was even Rosh Hashiva in, in Volozhin for a little bit of time, until politics uh, somewhat forced him out. He was a big godly, could have made a siyam. But his father writes to him, his father says to him, I know what you do on Erev Pesach, I know you fast all Erev Pesach because you're Bukhar, and then you eat that murr on an empty stomach, it's not good for you. You're hurting yourself, it's dangerous, stop doing it. So you see, there were people that didn't go for the seam option. Look at the Mishnah He makes it sound like it's a bidyevid. Today it's the most lechatchil. Today everyone goes to a seam. I tell people the best is if you, you yourself can make a seam. That's the, the best. But at least try to find the seam of someone that you actually are friendly with. Don't be a drive-by seam goer. You know, like I don't know the guy. He's making a seam. People do that during the nine days, right? They heard a guy three blocks away. He's making a seam. All of a sudden he's my best friend. You should go to at least the seam of someone that you would have gone to if he made a seam on a regular day. Right? You're right. I would have gone. You know, he's part of. He's a friend of mine. He's in my shul. He's a neighbor. Okay. I think that's the best option to circumvent the the issue. But if you don't go to see him, strictly speaking, it's a very big. It's not possible that you should probably have to fast the remainder of the day. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Badika's chametz. So tonight we have a mitzvah the rabbanon to be Badik the chametz. So there's a whole shaila beginning of Tzachim Daf Bey, the famous Machlokish Rashi and Taisvis. What exactly is the purpose of B'dikas Chametz? What are we trying to accomplish? What exactly is the purpose? So is the purpose of B'dikas Chametz to rid our house of Chametz so you shouldn't be over by Yuel by Yimotzi? That's what Rashi says. Rashi opening page in Tzachim Daf Bey says the reason why we do B'dikas Chametz is because if we don't do B'dikas Chametz, we might have a kugel tucked away somewhere in the fridge, and we're all going to be over by Yuel by Yimotzi. So Taisvis asks Tap Taisvis Daf Bey says, what are you talking about? No one's going to be over by Yuel by Yimotzi because we all do bittel. We all say call Chamira tonight. So I'm never going to be over by Yerobah Yimotzeh. So I have to clean my house and then do Bidika so I shouldn't be over by Yerobah Yimotzeh. I have a much easier option. Just say call Chamira. I won't be over by Yerobah Yimotzeh. So Taisus comes up with a pshat that with Chayshish you may come to eat the Chamitz. Ain't a Chanami. You won't be over by Yerobah Yimotzeh. says Taisus. You may come to eat it. The guy wakes up Pesach morning. He goes down to the kitchen. He sees a Geshmaka piece of cake. He may come to eat it. And if you eat... Saying it's not in the, uh, the Machlokis? Right? No, Rashi Tyson. That's a different issue. That's true. That's why Bittal is a question. But the Machlokis Rashi Tyson, the opening uh, Mishnah, is why do we have this Takanitz Chazal of Bittikas Chametz? The opening Mishnah, early about the Bittikas Chametz. So right away, Rashi Tyson fight over why exactly do we do Bittikas Chametz. So if you look at the Mishnah Bureau, you look in the round, we do both. 
we do bittel and we do bedika to cover both bases. Why do we cover both bases? Because on the side that maybe my bittel wasn't real. I said kol chamir, but I didn't mean it. Right? I didn't really mean it. I wanted to keep deep down. I wanted to keep the chametz, or maybe I may come to eat the chametz. So these are the two reasons why we do bedikas chametz. But it's important to know. This is where people get a little confused. We spoke about this last week. You don't have to worry about the chili that ran under the fridge unless you intend, intend on picking up the fridge over Pesach and eating it. Anything that you can't reach, there's no shash achilon. Because you can't reach it, you can't eat it. So, you know, very often shells come up, you know, how far do I have to go? Because I know there was a chili that went under the fridge, you know, three months ago. So let's stay under the fridge unless you move your fridge around. If your normal, if your normal activity in your house is you move the fridge... So then you have a chash, you may come to eat it, but most of us don't know, normally move the fridge, I don't move the fridge around frequently. So then the, there's no chash achila, you don't have to be so machmir. So that's the basic idea of what we're doing for these chumas. And that's what we're looking for. Right? I'm assuming almost everyone here had some form of cleaning help prior to Pesach, whether it be cleaning help or someone's wife, or the, everyone chipped in to make the house cleaner. So what are we checking for? We're checking that we didn't miss anything. We're checking that there wasn't a chair that got tucked under somewhere. We're not looking for chametz in places that I would never find it, or get, not, not find it, have access to it throughout uh, Pesach. What time does Bedikas chametz start? This is also a big machalikis rishayim. The Lashon of Mechaber is Betchilas Lel Yudalit. The beginning of the night of the 14th. What, when is that? So there's a big machoikis rishayim, the Mishnah Brewers, machriya, that it means seisakechavim, which is why we have to wait till 8 o'clock to Davimayr. We want to Davimayr before Badikas Chametz, and we want to do Badikas Chametz at around 8.15. So we'll Davimayr at 8 o'clock, we'll go home and do Badikas Chametz at 8.15. That's the correct way to do things. Now, there were Rishonim that held, you should do Badikas Chametz right after Shkia. The Vandagoyen even held that way. That the preferred time is, is right after Shkia. Like now. Now we should be doing Badikas Chametz. But the Mishnah Brewer carries an enormous amount of weight in Halacha, and that's why we do Badikas Chametz at Seisei Chav. But once it hits Seisei Chav, we should really, we should really start Badikas Chametz. I mean, we shouldn't come home after Maiv at 8.15 and start handling, you know, other Inyonim. We should really start right away. So even a Shailaf we're allowed to have this year. Are we even allowed to have this year? The Shulchan Aruch has a machloikis. Are you allowed to have a limud before you do bedikas chametz? Because we're always afraid you may get uh, caught up and you'll be so preoccupied with your learning you'll forget about bedikas chametz. So we started this year more than a half an hour before it says sekechavim, which is the chayro okay. But the Mishnah Bura writes that for limud atayir berabim like this, we're not so chayshish. There's so many people here, right? There's someone will remind us that we have to stop. Right? Baruch Hashem, we have people that will remind us. Time's up. We have to stop. And we'll have a marriage and we don't have to worry that we're not going to make it at the right time. But if you're going to go home, again, we had these shilohs two years ago. These were real shilohs when we were all locked down and there was no mayriv. So if you don't have a mayriv anyways, so what should you do first and things like that? Baruch Hashem, this year we could do things normally. We can uh, have a mayriv first and then be bedik afterwards. But again, when we get home tonight at 8.15, we should start the bedik as soon as possible. Mr. Brewer brings down, we're always afraid people are going to dilly-dally and forget to do it. Tonight's a very busy night in the Jewish home. There's a lot of cooking or packing, depending on what your Pesach plans are. Or for other people, sending into their hotel room takes a whole night, right, wherever people are tonight. So everything's a busy night, so you don't want to make sure you do B'dikas Chum. Someone asked me, he's going to Arizona tonight. I told him, very good, very happy for him. He's going to Arizona, but he's going to take his hotel room tonight. So if he's going to take his hotel room tonight... Does he do Badiq in his hotel room tonight? The answer is 100%. That's his room. It's his place. So if you go to the hotel tomorrow, so then the Allah is your Badiq without a bracha, because Badiq is always without a bracha. But if you go to the hotel tonight, a lot of people travel out of town, so they let them come tonight. So you come tonight, so then you got to be Badiq with a bracha. I saw a Chiddush, and I don't really understand it from Shmuel Kamenetsky. He writes, no, hotels Badiq without a bracha, because they're Becheska's Baduk. They're assumed to be checked and cleaned. I don't know. I don't know how often Shmuel Kamenetsky goes to hotels. Probably more than I do. But I've seen plenty of hotels that are filthy. They're not bothered to Muhammad's. You think the cleaning crew knows what Muhammad's is? 
The cleaning crew knows that hide everything under the bed and this way no one complains. They're not being biting from me. Even the cleaning ladies don't know that. My cleaning lady cleaned the whole section of my house. My wife rechecked it. And she realized that there was tons of chametz there. Because the cleaning lady doesn't chap what chametz is. She cleans for big chunks, anything big that she can get yelled at later for not cleaning. Same thing with the cleaning crew in a hotel. I don't believe hotels. I'm looking Shabbatuk. It's not any better than your house, in my humble opinion. If I think if a person moves, goes into a hotel tonight, or let's say, for example, you're in Florida and you get a uh, villa or a rental property, so tonight you're ready to the owner, you have a chiv to be ready to get tonight uh, with a bracha. We make a unique bracha when we do Badikas Chametz. You would think the bracha should be al Badikas Chametz. That's not the bracha. The bracha is Albir Chametz. If you did say Al-Badikas Chametz, are you Yoytze or not? Okay. But uh, the bracha is Albir Chametz. And Mr. Brewer explains, because the idea over here is that it's a two-step process. Tonight we start the process, and we end the process tomorrow with the Sreifas Chametz. person really shouldn't talk from the time he makes the bracha until he finishes the mitzvah. Like any time you're in the middle of a long mitzvah. Like, right, how many people are so makbid? We spoke about this in the past. Right, during Shaifer, from the first sound of the Shaifer to the last kailas, no one talks. It's fantastic. Same thing with Badikas Chametz, technically, from the first time you start the bracha until you finish being Badik the house, you shouldn't really talk so much. Unless it's Lutzarech HaBadika. Definitely from the time you make the bracha till you actually start uh, doing the Badika. Very often people ask, how long should Badikas Chametz take? So it's hard to know. I don't know everyone's house. Some people have larger homes, some people have smaller homes. Some people have messier homes, some people have cleaner homes. If you look at the Mishnah Brura, just to give you an idea of how Radin must have looked, Mishnah Brura says it's enough to clean one day before Pesach. Today. Mishnah Brura says today you do cleaning, and tonight you do Badikas Chametz. You show me one Jewish home in the world today that starts cleaning for Pesach today. No one. What's the answer? Our homes are much bigger, and our homes have much more food. How much food do you think the Chavetz Chaim could have had in his home in Radin? Garnish with garnish, a little bit over here, a little bit over there. They cleaned it up, they sold it, it was gone. Today, Baruch Hashem, we have pantries upon pantries and closets upon closets and the floors. It could take, it could take a long time. So how long should the Dikas Chametz take? So there's no great answer. The answer is somewhere in between very short and very long. Somewhere normal. You went through every bedroom. Again, it might depend on the situation of your home. If you have mostly adults, no children, so you don't have to necessarily spend as much time on every nook and cranny. If you have kids or pets, I always point out, it could take a lot longer because every nook and cranny could be chametz. But it shouldn't take you know, 20 hours. It shouldn't take 20 minutes either. What you shouldn't do is what most people do. What do most people do? They look for the 10 pieces of bread. That's the Gansa B'dikas Chametz. The whole B'dikas Chametz look for the 10 pieces of bread. The place can point out that's not the idea. The idea is not to look for the 10 pieces of bread. The 10 pieces of bread are there as a backup in case you don't find any chametz and you end up to burn. So it'll be a shayla on a bracha, which the, Mr. Bruder, the Ramar writes, it's not really a shayla. We do it anyways because it's a minute. But don't look for the 10 pieces of bread. Look to see if you maybe missed something. That's the idea of B'dikas Chametz. There's an interesting shayla in the contemporary Achorinim. Who puts out the 10 pieces of bread? So they quote from the Satmi Rebbe, he used to put the, bre- the, bre- the bread out himself. Him and the stipler, they both held to put the bread out themselves. And most homes, they have someone else put out the bread. That's part of the whole fun. The whole fun, someone else puts out the bread and you have to find out where it is until you can't find the tenth piece of bread. That's when things start to get lebedic, right? So if you look in the Shari Tshuva, he already writes, you should make the pieces very small. Because he makes a very interesting observation. If I can make such a sushtel, it's not exactly a perfect sushtel, but he says, you know what we do? We take a clean house and we put chametz into it. And Lamosho, for those of you that are anti-vaccines, you'll appreciate the Moshe. You take a healthy body and you put a vaccine into it, why would you take a healthy body and inject with it something that's perhaps not safe for it? Not that I'm an anti-vaxxer, but the point is, says the Shari Chuv, you take a clean house and you put 10 little pieces of bread in it. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. So he writes, you should make sure each piece is less than a kezais. If each piece is less than a kezais, so if you lost a piece, you won't even be able to buy your rabbi, your matzah anyway. But the point is, you want to make sure that you get back all your 10 pieces. So you got to label them. My kids are very good. They label where every piece is, and every year, so far we found all 10 pieces, and we, we know where everything is. 
Many people have a practice that they turn off the lights of Bedikas Chametz. That's not necessarily brought down the halach. If you look at many contemporary Achrayim, they actually say the other way. They say you do a much better Bedika with the lights on. So why do we turn the lights off? The answer is it adds to the experience. Makes it scary for the kids. It makes it fun. It's partial like that. There's no shadow in my mind. So we turn the lights. Let me ask you a question. If you drop something in your house, would you turn off the lights and take your flashlight? No. You would turn on your flashlight and turn on your headlights. Today we have lights overhead. They didn't have it back then. But that's Medig Yisrael, so I'm not going to knock it. But Iker Adin, you don't have to turn off the lights. We've spoken in the past about using a flashlight for Bedikas Chametz. So we spoke a lot about the flashlights over this year, about Neir Shabbos and Neir Hanukkah and other areas where, the, where Chazal want you to use a Neir. So the assumption over here also is that Chazal wanted to use a Neir. But many of the contemporary Achorinim, Reb Moshe, Reb Yaakov, Reb Aaron, they all felt that uh, it's much safer to use an electric light. There's no Shiloh today that you're not going to get in every nook and cranny with a, with, a, with a candle. We're not used to candles. We don't know how to handle candles. And Nebuch, there have been stories. Kala Yisrael that people have really did a lot of damage on a Bedikah Shametz night with a candle, it's, it's dangerous. So what Ramosha writes, and this is I think what most people do, is they make the bracha on the candle, as they do a little Bedikah with the candle, they blow out the candle, and they use a flashlight for the remaining part of the Bedikah Shametz. But uh, it's, 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 something to be, it's something to think about. We also have to do a Bedikah on our cars. The contemporary you should do Bedikah on your car. So after you do Bedikah Shametz at home, go out to your car, be Bedikah the cars. You don't make a new bracha on the car, but you should be Bedikah the cars uh, nonetheless. Okay, yeah, if it's a Makim Shemach Lisa Bachamitz. If you have little kids, then Avada it is. But if you're, you know, if you're careful that you don't bring Chamitz in, then it's a Makim Shemach Lisa Bachamitz. Rabbi Asher felt that if you have our houses today, where we have such clean homes before Pesach, he thought maybe Me'ikar Adin you have to put in the 10 pieces of bread. Because it could be our homes are Begad, the Makim Shemach Lisa Bachamitz. Our homes are so clean. They're so spot clean. Uh, they, uh, they're not even a Shaykh to do a Bidika on. But again, I would still think that even with the best cleaning crew you're going to get, uh, it's not going to be a makam sheh machis You can still find. Now again, you're not looking for crumbs. I think people always get the wrong idea because they learn psachim. It says in psachim, chun v'sdokin. So you think chun v'sdokin means those little crevices over there. It's not what chun v'sdokin meant. Chun v'sdokin meant they used to have holes. They used to store food, a sandwich, in a hole. Not a little nook and cranny over there where you have dust. We don't have real chum v'stuk in today. Chum v'stuk means you might have a hole you stuck a sandwich. You know, today our chum v'stuk in our pockets. A person should really check his pockets. I know I for sure have tons of chum in my pockets. I have sucking candies. People have gum in their pockets. If you have a little kid, you have lollipops. Lollipops. So definitely, we should be checking our our uh, our begodim, our suitcases, our briefcases, uh, all things like that should be biting. What about the svarim? Svarim is a big shiloh. Many people are makbid that the svarim that they used during uh, the week during the year that they learned with while they ate. Some people eat while they learn, and some people, uh, some people don't. Some people don't learn at all. Okay, they're choshish, that if they're going to learn throughout the year, they won't be able to use this for my Pesach. So they just don't learn all year. Zeira atuha. Okay, fine. But if you're going to learn over Pesach, forget even Svarim, let's say books. I, I, think, I think people still read books. I, I went the other, other day with my son to the library, and I saw Takah, people still read books. I thought today everyone just read technology, but I was happy to see. People still read these things called books, with ink on them, it was very impressive to see, but many people, they eat. When they eat, uh, when they uh, read. So what are we choshish? We're not choshish that you're going to lick the book and the chametz is going to come off the page. What choshish is you had a sandwich the other week and you ate the book and now in the margin there's a gezunta crumbs and you're going to bring it to the table on Pesach and it's going to drop into the soup and going to drop into your salad. We're not choshish. You're going to lick the pages. That's not tachshash. So many of the mafarshim point out as long as you don't actually bring the svarim to where you're eating, it's not really such a problem. I think they say the chazanish used to have Abraham Kanevsky come and be biting through all his svarim. I can imagine what type of job that must have been to be biting through all the swarm, or at least the ones he wanted to use over Pesach. Okay? I use a computer for all my swarm, so I just have to wash down my computer. I so it gets a little easier. But you want to be biting anything that you use with chametz, your cell phones. 
they have, they have cell phones, laptops, house phones. These things have chametz on them. You want to clean them down. You want to make sure they're not there. You're using a feather? Oh, the feather. Right, my favorite. Right. So everyone knows the Medikas Chametz said they give you the feather, they give you the wooden stick. So I have a shtickle turn why the wooden stick is there. Why is the wooden stick there? So there's a Rashash in Mesech Shabbos. The Rashash says that we know there's Machoikis Tanoyim how to get rid of Chametz on Erev Pesach. Machoikis Rebbe Yehudan Tanakam. Do you get rid of it any way you want? Or you have to burn it? So we Paskin, we Ashkenazim Paskin, the Ramah writes, we try to, we, we mitzvah the surf, we try to burn the Chametz. Why do we burn it as opposed to throwing it in the toilet? So the, the Gemara says because we compare it to Noiser. Just like Noiser needs to be Nisraf, so too we have to burn the Chametz. So the Rashash says when they used to burn Noiser, the fire used to be based out of wood. There was wood in the fire. So the Rashash writes, so when you burn your Chametz, because of this drasha, you should make sure it's a fire based out of wood. I said, ah, that's why they give you the wooden stick in the B'dikas Chamed set. To be kind, this Rashash. Not just not the stick, it's a spoon. It's a spoon, okay. I don't know. That's my pshat. I don't think it's Emes, but that's the only thing I can come up with. The feather? the feather is for the crumbs. That I can be masmer. But uh, that's my only pshat I can come up with while they give you a wooden stick. You don't need to use it. No, of course not. You don't need to use it, no? hundred percent not. Just very... Be- what? It makes you feel good. They used to hold it, you mean? That was the word. How's the word? Ah, very interesting. Okay, could be. Could be, very possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very practical. I'm not disagreeing. We're trying to figure out there's any like, halachic reason. So the answer maybe is I'm not sure if there is. Just very bekitzer, I just for the Zmanim tomorrow, I want everyone to be clear. Um, the Zmanim for tomorrow, there's, so there's two major Zmanim for tomorrow. There's really three major Zmanim for tomorrow. We have Chatzois, which we spoke a lot about for haircuts and other malacha. And then we have Seizman Achila and Seizman Sreifa. So if you look on the, on the bulletin board, we have a Zman for Achila and we have a Zman for Sreifa. Now, that Zman is the Shita of the Magan Avram. It's not really the Magan Avram, but we'll call it the Magan Avram. We know the Mishnah says in Sachim that there's a Seizman Achila and Seizman Sreifa, and it doesn't give you an approximate minute. What does it tell you? It tells you an hour. The fourth hour and the fifth hour, right? What's the fourth hour? What's the fifth hour? How do you ca- so you take the day, you chop it up into Shazmanias, and four hours into the day is when it comes Israchila. Comes Israchila, and five hours into the day comes Zman, You have to burn it. When does the day start? So there's a famous machloikis. When the day starts? Do you start the day at Nates and the day goes to Shkia? You take that and divide it into twelve, or does the day start at Alois and goes to Tzeis and you divide that into twelve? That's the famous generic machloikis, and it comes up all over. That's the shaila of how to calculate Zman Krishma, and that's the shaila of how to calculate Zman Tfila, and all, all those types of shailas. So the Zman that's on the board is the opinion of the Magan Avram. That the way we calculate the day is we start the day at Nates, and we end the day at Shkia. So if that's true, the Zman's going to come earlier. So the earlier Zman is what we have up on the bulletin board. It's worth noting the Vilna Goyen held, you have a little bit more time. The Vilna Gain held that you have till, just to, I wrote it down just so we can all be clear. The Vilna Gain held that you have till, I think, 10, I wrote it somewhere. You have a little bit more time according to the Vilna Gain. You have until, oh, here it is. The Vilna Gain holds you have until to eat chametz, you have until 10, you have until 11, four, um, you have until 10.42. We have on the bulletin board, Saves Manachilas, 10.13. 10 what? 10.18, that's not right. It should be 10.13. Should be ten thirteen. Ten thirteen is the Magen Avram using one version of the Magen Avram because there's two versions of the Magen Avram. The Magen Avram had a calculator is also not so pasha. We'll leave that off for now. But it's worth knowing the Vilna Goyin holds you have till eleven. You have you have a little longer. According to the Vilna Goyin, you have till ten 
you have till um, 10, 40, 10 to 42 to eat chametz. Now the Mishtabura writes, in this machloik is Magan Avram and Gerah, you should be machmer. And you should go like the Magan Avram and you should take the earlier Zman, which is why we posted up the earlier Zman. However, it's just worth noting, if Bishas Hatchak, I'm not sure what the Shas Hatchak Chametz is, you realize that you didn't get the bagel in before the Zman, okay, I'm not really sure what the Shas Hatchak is, but for Shreifas Chametz, it might be a Shas Hatchak. Because you're going, to get, you're going to come to this man. It says on the sheet, it says, Sreif's man, Sreif is 11.34. You wake up at 11.35, you say, oh, I can't burn anymore. No, according to the Vilna Goyen, you have until 11.49. So just keep that in mind. You might have a little bit more time. So I was upset because I have the, what's, I have the Maizmanim app. So I went to the Maizmanim app and I said, what time do they give me for Sreif's man, Achila? So they give me the Vilna Goyen. So I wrote them a, ma- a letter. Today we, we don't call them letters today. Call them text messages, right? So I text messaged my Zman. I said, why are you giving the Zman of the Vilna Goyen? The Mishtaburu writes that you should go like the Machmer, like the Magan Avram. They didn't answer me. They're usually very good. They usually answer right away. If you go on the, uh, that's if you go on the app. If you go on my Zman on the website, they give you both. But on the app, they only give you the Vilna Goyen, which I thought was somewhat strange because both the Mishtaburu and the Chazanish write that for this, it's only something that we do once a year. We should try to be machmir and go like the earlier shita. So that's why we give the earlier shita over here, and that's why it might not be all other shuls might use the later zman, but we go with the with the earlier uh, with the earlier zman. Again, if you have a shasat again, I'm not sure exactly what the shasat is to eat chametz. If you have a for chametz, you have who to rely on. Okay, so the mitzvah sreifas chametz we mentioned earlier is machlokes mechab and ramo how to get rid of the chametz. So we are machmid, We try to burn it. We try to burn the chametz. So the achreinu point out that the betzin rav writes in the tshuva. He says very often what a lot of people do is they take the chametz and they pour they pour the lighter fluid on it and then they make the fire. So he says you're not really getting the ramo. According to the ramo, the point is that you make the food unedible via the fire. But if you make it unedible because you poured lighter fluid on it, then you burnt it. So it became nifsam achilas kelav, not from the fire. It came from the lighter fluid. So you're mekayim according to the mechaber, but you didn't get the chumrah of the Ramah. So he points out, if you're going to make a fire, make sure you make sure it burns from the fire. Also, it's worth noting, a lot of the food that people burn in Sreyfus Chametz, it's burnt on the outside, but very edible on the inside. You burn it on the outside, it gets very charcoaly, and you open, it, you open it, very often bagels are like that. You burn the bagel on the outside, you open it up, it's uh, very much edible. You want to make sure that it's not edible. If it's still going to be edible, then you uh, weren't mekayim Sreyfus Chametz. So you want to make sure you do that. Um, not so much in this community. In other communities, it became unpopular to burn your own chametz. I know in other communities, it became you can only burn it by the fire station. Okay, I'm not saying that's not something to be concerned about. Don't make fires that you don't know how to control. But uh, there is an Indian, if you're going to bring it to the fire department, some write him right, that don't let the fireman throw it in for you. Because uh, he might not be Jewish, and it might not, he might not be your shliach. And you're not going to get the mitzvah. It's a mitzvah deraisa to burn chametz. So you don't want to lose the opportunity. So let, let, at least if you're going to throw it into, let's say, a communal fire, you should throw it in. This way you get the mitzvah, as opposed to giving it to someone who throws it in. That way you're losing out on a mitzvah. But uh, again, if you want to make your own fire, just, uh, you know, as long as you're safe, I'm okay with it. But then that way you have the ability to be kind of the mitzvah yourself. Okay.